Hey, this episode is supported by Mimecast, the email security solution that every business needs. Are you relying solely on uh, M365 to protect your workplace? Well, that's not enough. Just one phishing email can bring your entire business to a screeching halt. Picture this. Your transformers stop transforming and your circuits short circuit, <laughs> all because of one email. Don't let that happen to you. With Mimecast, you get a security solution that is specifically designed for email and workplace collaboration. It detects suspicious emails and diversifies your security stack so you can have peace of mind knowing that your business is fully protected. Setting up Mimecast is quick and easy. Just five minutes of your time can save your business from falling apart. And so, don't wait until it's too late. Get another layer of protection for your inbox today. Head to mimecast.com for a free trial. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. This is Francesco podcasting from the regular office of Amethix Technologies based in uh, Brussels City, Belgium. Today we speak about ChatGPT again. In fact, not exactly about ChatGPT, but about something that is even more general than ChatGPT, which is large language models. We all know that today large language models are kind of you know super trendy in the in the world of ai many people are using them uh, of course we are all using chat gpt uh, some of you have also purchased the um, gpt4 uh, premium version so i've seen a lot of people um, especially those in the marketing field uh, who are using heavily using uh, chat gpt for their for their daily tasks uh, myself included, I kind of switched my, uh, you know, using ChatGPT as a, a tool to create poems and have fun with my friends. But uh, now I'm using it for, um, you know, more and more serious stuff uh, that, uh, of course, are a tiny part of my uh, daily life and my uh, daily professional life. But as a matter of fact, many of these tasks are, uh, you know, making my life easier, especially the times, those times in which ChatGPT is working well with me. But uh, many other times, of course, there is this uh, hallucinations that, uh, that we all know is part of the, of the model. It's kind of an intrinsic problem. We'll discuss that a bit more extensively later. Um, but essentially, uh, overall, ChatGPT is revealing to be an interesting tool uh, for some of the tasks, the automated tasks that you you don't want to do manually anymore, and uh, and it helps a lot. With this said, um, there is a definitely the proliferation of many other models out there. So it's not just ChatGPT, which, as we all know, is a proprietary model from OpenAI, and it's also quite a restrictive uh, terms of use. Uh, whenever you use this model, you cannot, for example, build or use the model to build other models. That will be, um, of course, competitors of ChatGPT. So there is a, if you read the terms of use, it's kind of, you know, it's written well for uh, removing any possibility of, you know, competition, which is kind of, you know, bad for, especially for research. But uh, I also understand that these are companies that at the end of the day, uh, they need to make profit. And so they have to find a way to uh, monetize on this now. Of course, if you are monetizing on the data that are publicly available and uh, uh, you are monetizing on, for example, the text that has been 
uh, written by people and you're not uh, you know uh, returning to them the value of that model uh, well then it's a different story because there is more an ethical problem um, but I'm not here to discuss ethic ethical problems more technical problems but you understand that there is a, a situation in which uh, you know it's kind of with open source uh, we, we saw this many years ago when someone makes something that is open source there is a license that allows for example someone else to make money or make profit out of it and then of course they are not supposed to share the revenue or the profit with the the first author of of the open source uh, package software whatever and this of course has consequences we've seen during the years uh, you know uh, several uh, scenarios or phenomena in which open source software has become uh, kind of a niche rather than the rule but that's a different story back to large language models uh, they are powerful and uh, they are so powerful that many of the big players out there uh, are you know putting their stakes on the on the field and in these models and of course they are in a very good position uh, that is having the data and of course the appropriate infrastructure and the money to train and to create new models and to train previous models or to tune or to tune previous models, um, and therefore make these uh, uh, large language models more and more powerful. And this is again another problem because we are not democratizing anything here because only the big players, only the usual suspect, who have access to this you know amazing infrastructure and the amazing amount of data, uh, only they can, uh, in fact. Uh, be the player in that game so it's kind of a, um, a it's not democratic at all now with this said um, there is still um, there has been of course meta who came out with uh, uh, llama based models uh, or in fact a model called llama as an answer to uh, the OpenAI chat GPT in fact GPT 3.5 and they came out with this model, which uh, uh, unfortunately for them, or fortunately, I don't know how to define the positiveness of, the, of what happened, the weights of this model were disclosed on, uh, uh, made available on BitTorrent. <laughs> and so uh, after a few days that the model was announced, you could find the, the weights of, of a Llama model, of a trained Llama model on, uh, on the torrent. And you can still download this stuff. Now, of course, this has been, I don't know if this is all planned, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, there are all these theories that, that of course, Meta could have known uh, about the disclosure and, and probably they, they planned for it, who knows. Um, these are uh, theories, of course, but in fact, what happened is that the data and the weights were made available to the community in an illegal way, right? Um, and so that's 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 a fact. It's illegal uh, because this was a property. You know, the model was property of Meta, and it was disclosed. With this said, um, after this proliferation, well, after this answer to OpenAI, uh, there has been a guy um, who has developed, in fact, who has open sourced a quantized version of a Llama language model. Uh, that uh, runs on 4-bit quantization and uh, it has a size of 7 billion parameters. So it's a pretty smaller model, much smaller than the original Llama. 
this is orders of magnitude smaller than uh, ChatGPT and GPT 3.5. Remember, two, uh, sorry, 175 billion parameters, while these models are, for example, 7 billion parameters, but not only that, the size of the parameter, the you know, parameter space, but also the uh, quantization. So we have um, we have covered quantization in this in this show, on this show uh, several episodes ago. Uh, I will report the link in the show notes of this episode on datascienceathome.com. And essentially, quantization allows one to convert the uh, precision, in fact, of the parameters of a um, deep learning model from the 16-bit or 32-bit, usually 16 because GPUs run on that precision, to 8, 9, or even 4-bit. Uh, and so, of course, there is a bit less precision, um, you know, in fact, much less precision from 16 to 4. But uh, overall, uh, we have also shown in that, in that past episode that uh, there is a good trade-off between accuracy and, of course, the the fact that the model is much smaller, it fits the memory of a you know, regular computer, even your laptop, and it can definitely be processed by a regular GPU and not by these uh, 8,000, 9,000 US dollars or Euro GPUs of which you need several, you know, dozens of these GPUs <laughs> to run these models. So, you know, when you squeeze this model, and there was kind of a an exercise by... Uh, Artem Adrenko, the, the author of LAMA CPP, uh, who ran this model, the LAMA, 4-bit uh, quantized 7 billion parameter LAMA, on a 4-gigabyte Raspberry Pi 4. <laughs> now, this is a, you know, a very tiny device. It's even less powerful than uh, not even a last-generation phone. And indeed, it could run something like 10 seconds per token, so definitely unusable. Uh, but, you know, it is impressive because it was impressive because we are used to look at GPT-3 or ChatGPT as these massive models that run on massive infrastructure. And after that, what happened um, a few days later, we are speaking about mid-March 2023, so it's very recent. Um, there was another guy who came with an installation of Llama CPP on a Pixel 6 phone, a Google phone, running 26 seconds per token, uh, so even less than, uh, than, even slower than a Raspberry Pi. But essentially, uh, it could prove that, you know, these models could be ported to a regular phone. And you, you see where I'm going with this, because, you know, the next evolution of these large language models will probably be very likely be uh, on the edge. So you will find, you will have these models in your phone, in your tiny devices around your house, uh, around you, uh, and not anymore in the cloud. So this is probably the game changer of all this story. Fourteenth uh, of March, um, he could optimize the Llama CPP model on a, uh, a Pixel 5 phone, so even the, the previous model, the previous hardware, so a much less powerful hardware, uh, at one second per token. So he, this is usable now, because, you know, okay, it's not as fast as the premium version of GPT, but, uh, you know, ChatGPT, but still, one second per token, considering that you're running this on an old phone, uh, old with respect to the last generation phones, of course, um, and so, you know, you can run it locally, 
uh, and there are many other things that I'm going to explain in a, in a bit uh, that are kind of, you know, good things for you, bad things for humanity, as they say. Um, and then what happens that um, after these two events, there has been literally an explosion of large language models. In such a little time, there has been Alpaca model, Vicuna model, uh, GPT-4X Alpaca, uh, WizardLM, Koala model, um, Open Assistant model. So as you can see, there has been literally an explosion of uh, different companies or communities, even researchers, who have started building their own version of, um, of large language models. I'm going to give a very brief explanation of uh, um, you know, some of the characteristics, some of the features of uh, some of these models. And then, of course, some conclusion about what's going on, what should we expect. And, of course, this is a personal opinion, probably opinionated, in fact, by reading what's going on out there um, and what we should be expecting in the near future. Uh, there are different schools of thought. I'm, I'm reading about people who claim that this, these models are very dangerous, um, that uh, these models will... Uh, kill humanity, or which is you know complete nonsense, um, and some others who are saying no, these models are definitely not uh, what they claim to be. They are not definitely as powerful as the, as the uh, their authors claim they are, um, and we should not expect. You know, at the end of the day, these are just uh, language processors or text processors just on steroids due to the amount of data they have been trained on. And then there is yet a third school of thought about, um, you know, the the, the sources uh, that this model, you know, do not provide. Um, if you ask a, a ChatGPT, it will not provide the sources or the references of the things that is uh, is answering to you. And so this means that you cannot anymore. You cannot, you know, reward, for example, the the authors of the training data indeed data that has been used to train these models and actually create these models. Because it's true that OpenAI has put research, has put infrastructure, has put money, has thrown a lot of money to the problem. But it's also true that without the data from the people uh, and publicly available data, uh, and I'm going to go into detail later, uh, these models would have never existed. So, you know, this is something that we should consider. Uh, the internet, in fact, should uh, could not exist without data. That's why uh, probably they are giving you know GPT, ChatGPT for free, kind of a uh, returning to the user uh, in the form of the service. But at the same time, they're also uh, you know not returning directly to the authors of the of that text because there's no way to in fact identify the source. It's kind of a, a big pool. Uh, where where all this data is is mixed up and uh, and put together and it loses tr and you can lose track of what comes from where. So back to the uh, this kind of uh, uh, survey I would say about llama models uh, or llama based models. Well, the first of all after GPT, ChatGPT, and the GPT family of models, of course, we all know. It has been LAMA, which stands for uh, Large Language Model Meta AI, uh, which is a, the language model released by uh, former uh, Facebook uh, 
or Meta if you uh, like that name better. Um, and uh, there are several variants of this model, uh, 7 billion, 13 billion, 33 billion and 65 billion parameters. Of course, the larger the number of parameters and the more uh, effective the answers or the more powerful the model overall, uh, but at the same time, it also uses more resources. And we all know that. It's kind of, you know, natural evolution by growing the number of parameters. Uh, you also need more resources and you uh, need more powerful hardware uh, and more of everything. Um, now, when the data, the model weights have been disclosed, uh, there is a way to officially now ask for this data. So you can download and study this data, study these weights. Uh, there is a Google form that you need to fill in um, and you will have access to the weights as everybody else. Okay, so you can do that. However, you are restricted in a sense that you cannot build anything commercial with this with this model. Okay, so uh, now I don't know how these they are going to track that, but if you build something and you let's say build a startup and build a product uh, that the core business of which is uh, you know comes from the model weights that you have downloaded from uh, Meta, uh, they probably gonna sue you. I mean they have the legal framework to sue you. Now, I don't know if they're going to sue you or not. That's, that's up to them, but they can. So don't do that. Um, in terms of the uh, model architecture, um, they are all pretty similar. Uh, and in fact, you know, there is some kind of homo you know, homogeneity in the way these models are built now, which is a, a good thing, a bad thing. I'm, I'm not here to say, but... Uh, definitely there is this uh, kind of we are all sitting to the same methodologies and the same concept except the ones that are probably in, in ghost mode or in stealth mode um, and we don't know anything of what they are building but those who, who are claiming they are building a large language model they are almost always using exactly the same methodologies that is transformers that is normalization of the input um, there is um, more optimized version of the ReLU, which is the uh, SWE GLU, um, and uh, also uh, using rotary embedding instead of um, absolute positioning for the embedding layers uh, that also increases performance. Um, when, it, uh, when you look at the features, well, the characteristics of the LAMA model, uh, we have, uh, for the 7 billion parameters, uh, we have 32 layers, with the 32 attention heads, because it's a transformer model with attention, and the embedding dimension is 4096. Um, these are dimensions, which means that the way we repre they represent a, uh, the embedded, um, the, the, the hidden vector essentially, or the embedded vector is 4096 floating points. Uh, then we have, of course, the 13 billion parameter version with 40 layers, uh, 33 billion parameters, 60 layers, and 65 billion parameter, 80 layers, uh, and 64 attention heads. So it's something that is much, much bigger. In fact, double that, uh, double the, 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 the attention heads, uh, more than double the number of layers, and of course, from uh, 7 to 65, it's almost uh, nine times the number of parameters. Uh, when it comes to the training to the data that have been used to uh, train these models, um, there is the usual 
um, open source and uh, publicly available data sources like uh, English Common Crawl, uh, CA, which is a cleaned version of Common Crawl. Uh, there's Wikipedia, there is an archive for scientific papers. There's Gutenberg and Books Tree, um, all publicly available books, usually classics. There is GitHub, of course, the public uh, GitHub dataset, um, and Stack Exchange, which is a Q&A covering scientific and programming related or engineering uh, questions and answers. Um, now, when it comes to uh, performance, here, you know, it's difficult to measure performance for a language model because, you know, you need human beings to assess the quality of the answers. So this is something that is, you know, most of the time we cannot uh, quanti quantitatively assess uh, the performance of a large language model as we did, for example, for a logistic regression or a linear regression, which you calculate a number which is the error, the numeric error, how much, how far you're going from the from the ground truth, and you just, you know, you normalize that answer and you get the percentage or uh, a mean squared error, whatever it is. For language models, it's different. And so you need, um, you know, to assess performance in a different way. Now, when it comes to performance, uh, size matters. <laughs> uh, larger is better. And uh, larger models, of course, are usually better in most of the tasks, especially the complex ones. One uh, important fact about LAMA models that the LAMA 13 billion uh, performance, uh, 13 billion parameter uh, performance, is similar to GPT-3. You know, here we have to consider that we are speaking about a model with, uh, let's say, 10 times uh, uh, less parameters than uh, than GPT-3. GPT-3, uh, for the record, is 175 billion parameters, while uh, LAMA 13 billion is indeed 13 billion parameters. And still, the performance is similar. So this is something uh, very interesting. Um, another thing that we know from the performance benchmarks is that LAMA is not really good at quantitative reasoning, especially the smaller versions, the less parameter model. Um, and another thing is that it's not tuned for instruction following like ChatGPT. So this means that if you want to use the LAMA model, you have to use it in the, the way you were using GPT before it became publicly available, which was passing some text as a prompt and uh, let the model continue that text for you. So you couldn't ask things like, uh, you know, so-called instructions like uh, generates or act as a podcast host and write me a script for the next episode speaking about blah, blah, blah. You cannot do that. Uh, you can do that with GPT-3 and the, the GPT family of models because they have been tuned for so-called instruction following. While Llama is not like that. But you can use Llama and, uh, as a base and, uh, uh, and fine-tune it, which means... Um, you know, um, do instruction following starting from Llama, which is exactly what happened, as you can understand. And uh, I'm going to cover that in a, in a minute. But essentially, that's, uh, uh, you know, that's what people immediately realize. Why should I retrain a model from scratch? That would cost me a fortune. Um, if I can use the model that I already have, it has been disclosed, the weights have been disclosed, I can just start from there and build something else which is better than what I started from. Uh, that's kind of the natural uh, you know, reasoning of all the people who are now in the 
large language model field of research. Um, so the other model that showed up uh, immediately after was indeed Stanford's Alpaca. And um, Alpaca, according to the uh, Alpaca announcement, this is a team of uh, researchers at Stanford, of course, uh, they said, we introduced Alpaca 7 billion, a model uh, fine-tuned from the LAMA 7 billion model on 52,000 instruction-following demonstrations. And uh, it behaves similarly to OpenAI's text DaVinci 003, which is basically the, um, you know, the core of, uh, of GPT-3, while being surprisingly small and easy slash cheap to reproduce. They could do that with something like $600. So how does training works for uh, Stanford Alpaca? Well, um, Alpaca was trained to follow instructions like ChatGPT, and that's kind of the key or the uh, addition with respect to a plain Llama model. Because what they did was uh, forging 175 self-instruct seed tasks, which is, you know, a, a little database with uh, uh, input, so the instruction that, that you, you want to feed your model, and the output. So what you want to ask and what you would like the model to respond to you. They had 175 of these, of course, in different uh, topics and fields so to create diversity. And then they uh, created um, 52,000 instruction following examples uh, using, uh, using ChatGPT, in fact. And they used these 50, uh, 52,000 instruction following examples, which, by the way, are publicly available as well, to do some supervised fine-tuning of what? Of a LAMA 7 billion model. So if you take a, a LAMA 7 billion model and you fine-tune it with 52,000 instruction following examples, um, something like, you know, the instruction is um, write a blog post about uh, the new economic trends of whatever. And the output is the new economic trends of whatever are this and that, and, you know, you, you build some paragraphs for real. And you give this input and output to the to the model so that the model can, you know, kind of learn or, well, in fact, it doesn't learn. It, it, it tunes itself around these uh, instruction-following examples. You provide, you provide 52,000 of this and you get something like Alpaca. And so as a result, uh, now we have Alpaca that is not only fine-tuned, but it also can respond to conversations just like ChatGPT. And this is... Uh, you know, something that is extremely powerful. And uh, the other thing is that you can run these things on your own hardware, uh, which is also very powerful. And this is key, because while uh, ChatGPT, especially in the cloud version, uh, they have reinforcement learning with human feedback, that is the presence of humans that keep the model under control, if you start blaming, if you start doing some dirty talk to a ChatGPT model, it will bust you and it will ask you to stop. Eventually, it will ban you. Um, and also, if you ask things that are, you know, racist or, uh, you know, diminishing people or bullying people, it will it will not answer. In fact, saying, hey, you're, you're saying something nasty, please stop. I'm not going to answer this. 
And so this is because there is uh, reinforcement learning with human feedback, which means there were people, there were operators, human operators, actually providing these instructions and uh, uh, also training the model or fine-tuning the model to respond uh, in the way a ChatGPT model responds when we start doing dirty talk. And so if you run these models like Alpaca and uh, Llama-based models on your laptop or on, on your own infrastructure, and you, of course, don't uh, proceed with the uh, reinforcement learning with human feedback, well, <laughs> it means that these models are basically in the wild <laughs> there is no that they can run out of control in a way there is no way to uh you know control these models for you know against the the dirty talking and against blaming and against racism so that's the problem um all the limitations in a good way because these are things that uh you know keep models uh, user friendly but also respectful of the of the users and the other people um that's no longer the case when you run these models on your local hardware. So consider that. And um, consider the fact that in the world there are good people and bad people. So some can, of course, take advantage of exactly this, uh, let's say, lack of limitation. Uh, they would call it a feature, in fact. Well, it's clearly not. Um, the other problem of, uh, um, of Stanford Alpaca is that uh, it's still not for commercial usage. Um, so it's only for academic research, um, so any commercial use is prohibited, and that's because it inherits the, you know, the Lama um, is based on Lama, so Lama is limited as well. Uh, there is no commercial use for with Lama, so it inherits the, the the legal terms of the model it comes from, and that makes sense. Another another surprising fact is that if you evaluate blindly for instruction following ability, um, Alpaca 7 billion parameter and GPT-3, they, they are both based on text DaVinci 003, um, they are pretty much the same. Though Alpaca is, again, I think more than 25 times smaller than GPT-3, so um, this is uh, impressive. Because it means that, and I will... I will, I will anticipate this uh, from the conclusion of this show, is that data is much, much more important than the architecture and uh, um, the number of parameters of a model. Uh, data is king. And uh, these models are, in fact, confirming what we already knew from decades of data science, garbage in, garbage out. So nothing new on this front. Uh, if you feed bad data or low quality data you get low quality models if you feed high quality data you get high quality models that's not always true if you increase the number of parameters and you maintain the quality of your data it's not necessarily true that the model improves plus if you increase the number of parameters and you decrease the quality of your data you're most likely not uh, enjoy a better model, even though you are increasing the number of parameters. So you are spending more money on infrastructure, you are spending more time because these models are much bigger, and at the end of the day, you are getting worse results than just improving your data. The other model that came to the came in the scene is Vicuna model. Uh, this is also another model that you know fine tuned, 
from a LAMA-based model um, on user-shared conversations collected from sharedgpt.com. Sharedgpt.com is a website where uh, there are people and other users who have shared uh, some of the conversations or some of the most interesting conversations with, uh, uh, with uh, ChatGPT. Some of them are really fun to read. <laughs> some others are actually very interesting. So I highly recommend to check it out. I will uh, report the link of sharedgpt.com in the show notes of this episode on datasciencetom.com. Um, it's uh, worth looking at it. And um, so some of these conversations have been used to fine-tune uh, the Vicuna model, S- still coming from Llama. So as you can guess, there is still the same problem of uh, you know legal terms are exactly the same, no commercial usage at all. Uh, if you look at performance, uh, how good is Vicuna? Um, you know, if you take ChatGPT as the golden standard, um, I would say, well, by looking at the, the, the data is a qualitative measure, of course, uh, you have Llama, which is Llama 13 billion, which is 68% uh, with respect to 100% ChatGPT. And then we have Vicuna 13 billion, which is 92%, uh, pretty much the same as Google Bard, 93%, so very close to Google Bard. There is another model that I would like to cover in this episode, which is WizardLM. And there is a paper, and uh, there is also a GitHub page. Um, this is very, very recent. Uh, release date is April, so like a few days ago uh, from when this episode was recorded. And uh, WizardLM is another fine-tuned 7 billion llama model. Uh, um, so it comes from the same family. Um, it was fine-tuned, however, with a large amount of instruction-following conversations with different degrees of difficulty. Um, and this is probably the the novel part of this model with respect to the predecessors or to the others in the uh, on the scene. Uh, it's about the training, okay? Because it was trained with uh, seventy thousand computer generated instructions with a new method that is called Avol Instruct, um, and the, uh, you know this method essentially creates instructions with uh, different levels of difficulty and then you know you, they feed, they fed the model uh, they fed this instruction uh, they fed the model with these instructions and they got something that is surprisingly good because um, they created a model that is at least from what other people are saying is the current state of the art for 7 billion models so this is a, a category of models where it is very hard to compete, if you think, because you are competing with uh, all the other models and ChatGPT in particular, uh, but you are running with 7 billion bullets, let's say, while ChatGPT is coming with the heavy guns of 175 billion parameters. So, and you come with a tiny machine of 7 billion, well, tiny, relatively tiny, 7 billion is still a big number, but way be, way smaller than what ChatGPT can provide. And in that family of models, so the, the 7 billion family of models, Alpaca, Vicuna, and of course ChatGPT as a reference, though it's not a 7 billion model, they are all worse than Wizard LM. Um, and that's also an impressive result. 
And this, again, uh, reinforces the, uh, the belief that fine-tuning with high-quality data is key for pretty much all the models out there. How can we play with this? Uh, we can, in fact. Um, there is a, a C++ version of Llama CPP, indeed, Llama.CPP, um, that has been written from scratch. It supports 4-bit quantization. It's publicly available on GitHub. Um, it enables running Llama models on uh, uh, MacBooks. It is optimized uh, for Apple Silicon M1 and M2. But, of course, you can run it also on your uh, regular AMD Intel machine. Uh, the original uh, model, uh, 7 billion parameters, takes something like uh, a bit less than double uh, gigabyte in of disk space and, uh, and RAM to load. So a, my laptop at a 64 gigabyte RAM machine definitely is definitely sufficient for running a model of this caliber. Um, it only takes about 4 gigabyte after 4-bit quantization. So, of course, you need to first put it in memory and then quantize. Um, so you need that memory available and then it will shrink to 4 gigs. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, now, of course, it can be slower. So don't expect to have the same experience that you have with uh, ChatGPT or GPT-4. Uh, but uh, don't forget, you're running these things uh, on a local machine, on a machine that is not supposed, it's not been designed for running these things and running model of this of this size, uh, and therefore you will feel it uh, in terms of uh, usability. I would say uh, these are exciting times, of course, to uh, for for whoever is operating in the field of NLP and large language models. Um, there is one thing that, of course, we have to pay attention to. Uh, legal terms. Um, I know that you guys are not reading that. You just go and blindly use stuff. We are used to do that, myself included, from the Facebook time. Uh, those who, who started using Facebook, there was a very long page of uh, uh, you know, terms of use that uh, were basically, to which you were basically selling your soul to the devil. Uh, but nobody ever read that. Very few people did. And, and then people started using these things and and uh, putting data and, and creating and uploading photos and writing text on, on, on Facebook and then realized that, oh, shoot, data is not mine. Uh, I, I forgot to read this. The, the, the terms of use are claiming that data becomes Facebook's now. Uh, so that's, the, you know, pay attention to the, to the legal terms. Um, especially I've seen a lot of, um, you know, even former colleagues of mine or friends calling me, hey, let's, uh, I have this idea about using a large language model, let's build this language, let's build that. And, uh, you know, many of the startups that I've been uh, uh, reading about or speaking about or with, with some of the folks in my network, they are for 80, 90% of the time uh, going to use a large language model as, uh, you know, their core business. <laughs> And which is bad. Um, some of the ideas, of course, are, are interesting, but uh, nobody's paying attention to the to the to the leaks to the terms of use. Um, these are models that cannot be used for commercial projects, and that's a shame because we are kind of slowing down uh, in that respect. So pay attention 
to which model you're using to start from. Uh, the good thing is that there is a Cerebras systems. I hope I pronounce it correctly or Cerebras or Cerebras, whatever. I will report the links in the show notes of this episode as well. Uh, they also published, a, uh, I think, seven uh, new models uh, that are called Cerebras GPT. So it's their response or their version of GPT uh, under the Apache 2 license, which, uh, of course, can be used uh, for commercial projects. So can be used under uh, a commercial license. There is another um, model, another company, Stability AI, uh, with the uh, uh, stable LM based alpha models um, is another family of models that uh, um, have also been published under a commercial license. So probably these are the things that you would like to look at if you are building a startup or if you are uh, building a, the, your next big thing in, uh, in artificial intelligence and uh, uh, large language models. These are great times, of course. Now, the the... the it, it looks like uh, many of the things we uh, felt stuck for a long time after the chatbot revolution, uh, it seems that, you know, there has been some kind of uh, uh, someone who unlocked a mechanism, it looks like to me, uh, which is good because I, I'm excited myself about all this. Um, at the same time, um, you, you know, the listeners of this app, of this show, should know by now that uh, I'm not really much into hype and the hyped technologies. So I still confirm the fact that these are models that, however powerful and useful for your daily tasks, of course, not the most critical ones, hopefully, um, they are still very far from AGI. Uh, They are very far from being sentient machines. Uh, In fact, they can never be sentient machines. They can never be AGI. Uh, regardless of what people say, um, I, I'm of that school of thought that to reach AGI, um, we have to redesign a lot of the things out there. So these models are definitely text processors on steroids, <laughs> if I can you know, briefly describe their capabilities, that's what they are. Um, and I've covered already a number of times on this show why, you know, the reason why, the reasons why there are many, uh, why this a language model cannot be considered a precursor to artificial general intelligence. That is, of course, these episodes are out there. Um, feel free to listen to them again or share them if you have already listened to them. And of course, do not hesitate to jump on the Discord channel. We have an official Discord server on uh, uh, you will find the link on the official website datasunsetom.com. So, if you feel like uh, this having a conversation about uh, ChatGPT, large language models, and uh, Llama models, um, if you want to share even some hands-on session, we will be very happy to uh, host you and uh, we welcome uh, your new project, whatever it is. If it's based on uh, large language models, even if it's not, uh, we're always happy to share. Uh, our thoughts and of course uh, hear from you so thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the show speak with you next time you've been listening to data science at home podcast be sure to subscribe on itunes stitcher or podbean to get new fresh episodes for more please follow us on instagram twitter and facebook or visit our website at datascienceathome.com